Welcome to the Beachy Moondoom Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Fantastic. So I didn't tell you, Sister, what we're talking about today. Did I? You didn't. I didn't. So, uh, yeah, so I thought it'd be fun to give Heber a New Year's resolution. What's that going to be? (laughs) To read Island of the World. Is that by Michael uh, O'Brien? That's by Michael okay. O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Saint Joseph, so since we are in the year of St. Joseph, it would be only proper for you only to proper. get to know about the character <laughs> in Michael O'Brien's Island in the World book. That's right. That's right. So, but the reason I joke about that is because I want to talk about New Year's resolutions. Oh. And I know Hebrew doesn't like them. So I thought... <laughs> and you, you think that I like them? <laughs> I have no idea. I just thought we could talk about them. I thought it would be a good topic because this will come out around that time. So, Perfect. All right. So you don't like them either, sister? It's not that I don't like them. I think they're good, but I think that they can be so... Uh, that they're such a cultural, like, this is what you can do and this is what you ought to do that <laughs> we kind of forget to bring in what does the Lord want me to do? And it becomes so self-centered in the sense that we often just don't do the resolutions at all because we get tired of them. And there's no meaning to them anymore in the sense. I think that's just kind of the secular take on New Year's resolutions. But, I mean, I know that many of us as sisters, you know, very much all of our practices are, what does the Lord want me to do? So, you know, with that kind of mindset, a New Year's resolution is different um, with the versus the, you know, how much weight are you going to lose this year in the cultural mindset of of things. Sure, sure. And and so then you want a balance. I think so. I think it's a, a balance is is a fair thing to say. Yeah. And Heber, you don't like them. I, I it's not I, I just don't they're not my thing. Like I don't see them as a bad thing necessarily. Actually, there's probably a lot of good in them and I think what sister just said sums up a lot of what I uh, how I feel about them. Um, I think, I mean, I haven't made one since probably grade school. Like, and, <laughs> and, you know, but I think, I think what at, at their heart, I think there's just like this hunger um, maybe in, in our lives for some sort of discipline. And, and I think it's a good thing in that sense is that it, it, it's us trying to impose some sort of discipline uh, back into our lives that maybe we're lacking. Um, yeah. So, but but personally, it's just not my thing to like say New Year's Day. I'm going to do this differently in my life for 365 days. You know, and I think, I think that's a big, that's a very ambitious goal too to try and change something for 365 days straight. Um, and I think that's why a lot of New Year's resolutions kind of fail. You know, people people burn out on them. So, right. Yeah, and I I kind of fall into the category of I do, I'm not a big fan. Maybe partly because I always fail at them. Whenever, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> whenever I'm like, yes, this is going to be my New Year's resolution. And also, though, I think what bothers me is why does it have to be on January 1st? Mm. That's when my, I'm going to get my life together. Like, shouldn't I be getting my life together like now? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what we've been you know, preparing for? We prepared for all of Advent is like get your ready, get your act together now. Um, and so I, I wrestle with like, shouldn't I just start that today? Why am I going to wait till January 1st? So sister, you, you mentioned that, that it's important to take into account what God wants you to do. So what, what does that look like in a practical way? Like if I'm, if I'm thinking I want to do something, I want to make a change, 
um, at what level do I need to use my head and just say, this obviously needs to change. Like I need to stop eating so many donuts. <laughs> That's my pitfall. I love donuts. Um, you know, or, or I need to get out and exercise, which would be if I were to make a new year's resolution, that would be my new year's resolution is like go for a run every day versus maybe God doesn't want me to go for a run. Maybe he wants me to find time for exercise in some other way. Do you, so yeah. What would you like? How would you guide someone through figuring out the distinction? Or, I mean, it seems that if it's it's almost a practical as uh, practicing the presence of God. Lord, what is it that what you want me to do? Now, I know that the Lord has given us an intellect and a will. He wants us to be able to think for ourselves too. And so, if I need to go run or exercise, I mean, Lord, is this what you want me to do? I mean. Of course, that's something that he probably wants us to be able to do because it gave us a body. He wants us to be balanced human persons because otherwise we know what happens when we are not balanced. If we eat junk food versus healthy food, we get, you know, angry or we get moody or however we react. But I think just before we we do something that we have planned, like, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? Lord, is this what you desire? Um, we have a there's there's something that you know we can fall in easily into the sin called acedia and acedia is this this only this this lukewarmness into what um we do every day and so things become things can easily become with the sin of acedia a, a habit and it becomes very mundane and eventually you come to this point where you don't really realize why you're doing something at all and it can be in our just day-to-day tasks um and until we can um Ask the Lord, Lord, how do you want me to serve in this particular area? Uh, Lord, how do you want me to um, how do you want me to deal with this particular situation? Or Lord, how can you how can I invite you into this situation right now? And where am I not allowing you to come in? What What's interesting to me as you, as you're talking about this is maybe maybe if we are going to make a resolution of any kind. Now, like I said earlier, my problem is is why January first? Why not when we need to? is invite the Lord into that situation. So if my issue is I um, can't just eat one donut, <laughs> right, or I need to exercise, maybe asking the Lord, how, in what way can I treat the body you gave me better? And maybe maybe I need to be open to the reality that right now with uh, two little kids and one about to come, a third about to come, that maybe running every day is just not realistic for a family. But maybe three times a week, I don't live that far away, I walk to work, hmm. right? Or um, or I don't know. Or maybe God says, you know, put a kid on your back and do some push-ups, right? Like uh, maybe there's – maybe I need to be more open to the way in which God might be inviting me to do it. Do you think? Well, I think – I mean I think <laughs> what you were saying too is the, the part of it is that I don't know if resolutions are more about like what can I do more or what can I do less, but m- maybe more of a question of – Um, what do I, um, so what does my schedule already look like? Right. And instead of trying to put more things into it, because I think that's where, I mean, so many of us will just like, no way. Like we'll, we'll last for a time, but then after, after something, it's just like, okay, it comes too much because then the little things start getting bigger and bigger and bigger because there's so many little things stacked up. I think it's something too that like, I mean, just within our own schedule as sisters, um, there's a, there's a certain time of the day when we, we have prayers that we say prayers, we say our hours together. Um, and then there's certain prayers that I can do devotionally that I like to do either before those hours begin or after those hours are, 
Um, but it becomes this practice that it's not necessarily I'm doing something more, but it, it helps me to come to prayer and to bring whatever it is I'm presenting, give it to the Lord once again. And in a, in a sort of a sense, we could call this a resolution, but more so it becomes a practice because if I'm um, doing this resolution, I think only, I only have to do it for a year. But if it's something that I'm trying to do that's going to help, that's going to form my life, I think maybe the resolution becomes a change of habit. Mm. I also think, though, with, with resolutions, like if you're, you're committing to try and do something every day, like I feel like there's times you can get trapped into that, and it can be like you don't feel as free. You know, you if you let God, if you if you, if you let God kind of order your day, um, I think it's more freeing than. You know, and then you're not worried about that stress about oh, I didn't get to do that that thing I committed to today. You know, like like the exercise. Um, for me, there's certain times of the year where I just know that I'm not going to have as many hours to devote to certain leisure activities. I mean, it's just not humanly possible. Um, you know, uh, and I like, but I, but then there's other times of year where I know I have a little more spare time, and then like if I want to commit to exercise, I know that I can, I can pretty much do it. Like right, right now, like there's, there's a lot going on at work, but I'm not, I'm not involved in as many projects at home because the weather is not as good. You know, I'm not doing stuff outdoors. You know, I'm not giving my time to, to fixing stuff up around the house now as much. Um, so I've had more time actually recently to, to get back into exercise. Um, but I don't think I could, I could commit to doing something like that on the first of the year and then, and then stick with it because I know that sometime in February, my life's going to start getting really busy again as we, we make the build up, uh, you know, to Lent and then start preparing uh, for the season of Easter. Um, and then I get into the spring and there's stuff I need to do around the house um, that I, and I know with that on top of just a normal everyday family obligations, I'm not going to have time um, to, to, to stick with that necessarily exercise. Um, and so, you know, to me, it's just, it's just knowing kind of where stuff fits into my schedule. And then, and then also just because I gave the day to the Lord, like that I accept the fact that certain things are not just going to, just not going to work that day. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. I feel like if I did a resolution every January 1st, it would, I kind of feel trapped in that. And I get frustrated that I wouldn't be able to, to necessarily, um, to finish it. And I think what that makes me think of, too, is that, uh, you know, people say all the time, well, there's different seasons of life. Mm-hmm. And I like to think about that in regards to church seasons, right? There's certain periods of time where uh, we are encouraged to to be more ascetical, to give up more things, Lent and Advent in particular, um, and then also certain times where we're supposed to really be intentional about rejoicing and celebrating. Uh, and, and then there's the ordinary time... Um, which means more than just ordinary life, but it is it is in you know this um, another period within the church where we are um, offering our daily tasks to the Lord, and and I think you know if the church has seasons, maybe maybe our year has seasons, yeah. like you're saying, Huber, and so maybe there's a season where you really can take health very seriously, and then other seasons where you're lucky if you get a five minute walk in, but it's something, right? Or maybe it's just going up and down the stairs instead of taking the elevator, like. Yeah. You know, it just depends on what where you are in life. But I think there is something that you're to what you're saying about uh, allowing God to do His work in you, and 
And if you say, I'm going to do this every day for a year, and then you get frustrated, then maybe you stop. But if you have a mentality of, you know what, right now, no, but I'll be free again in a month, and I'm going to be intentional when I have that time again to do this. Right. Right. Um, and I think that goes along a little bit with what you're saying about habits too, right, sister? Um, about attaching rather than looking for like, I'm going to carve out this hour a day to exercise. Like <laughs> where can that habit fit into your life right now? Right. Um, and, and maybe even somewhat your spiritual life. I mean, that's something I've thought about. What if part of my prayer in the morning was, I also went for a walk while I prayed. Is that something that's realistic? Can I do that? Um, and then in my time with the Lord, I'm also, um, taking care of my body. Mm. I guess how do you keep meaning in all of it? That's 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 the trick, right? You, you, how do you make what you're doing, no matter what it is, if it's exercise, if it's just your work, if it's um, your prayer life, how, how do you keep it from becoming rote and 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 mundane? And and, and it needs to be a habit, but it, you don't want it to become like a a habit that it's just completely devoid of anything, you know, and everything. So, um, and again, with with resolutions, at what point? I guess the trick is to keep it from becoming like that, right? Sure. Yeah. Sure. So. I know of some people who have the practice. I've had this practice before where in Hebrew you were uh, reminding me of this as you were saying there's different seasons that mm -hmm. we have to prepare for. And um, I know I've had the opportunity that during seasons, usually there's something that the Lord brings up in a season that becomes kind of like a theme for that season, whether that's in my prayer life or even in the apostolate, as we would call it, or work, um, or or what, whatever it is. And so um, I know oftentimes, at least in the season of Advent, there is a certain particular saint that ends up journeying with me as we prepare to receive Christ, the newborn king. Um, and then there's a then there's a theme particularly for Christmas. And but I think it, it has to be rooted in those themes that um, what the Lord wants to draw out of us is uh, what does He want from me during this season? How does the Lord want to journey with me? So is it a, through a particular saint? Is it through a particular book that I'm going to read during a particular season? It is a, is it a particular practice? Maybe like exercise? Am I going to walk and pray at the same time? But and and so maybe it's not going to be for the whole new year, but maybe it will change due to the season, mm. um, so that my my openness to grace doesn't get tired, or to the point where like this isn't working, <laughs> you know. But we keep we keep um, in a sense um, having that sense of openness to the Lord of, okay, Lord, during this season you've asked me to this, and this is this is how things are going. <laughs> Um, how do you want me to continue? Do you want me to continue working in this particular area? And it's kind of a general um, theme I'm talking about here, but, um, but how can we look at a year rather than a whole year collectively? Maybe looking at it in a, as a season from season would help with these resolutions in a sense. Yeah, and I think sometimes when we make that <clears throat> resolve without discernment, without inviting God into it. We can become beholden to it, like you were saying, Heber. Um, like if if we, I had someone challenge me recently, our good our good friend Austin, um, because I was I I had <laughs> see here here I am failing again at New Year's resolutions, but I I sent a text to him and said, "What books do you recommend?" My goal next year is to read such many books every month, mm. and he just texted me back and he said. That's ridiculous, basically. I mean, he was like messing with me about it. But his his point was like, 
let God introduce different books into your life. Don't don't just schedule it all out. Mm-hmm. And um, obviously, Austin and I are different personalities. We come at things with a little different um, tactic, so to speak. But I think there's value in sort of uh, you know a both and right. There's it's good to be intentional, and I think that ultimately was my point. But it's also good to let God work. And for instance, my friend, one of my good friends came to visit recently and he's telling me all about this G.K. Chesterton book called Man Alive. And he said, you really got to read this. And then he lent it to me. Now, Mm -hmm. if I stuck and was beholden to I'm going to read these kind of books every month for the next year, then his book is not on that list. Right. And so so then, you know, at what level do I do I move with the season or with what the Holy Spirit is doing in my life? And do I embrace the unexpected in that way? Um, the new ways to exercise or the new ways to pray, right? There seems to be kind of a – it's definitely more exciting if we leave some room for the Holy Spirit to to move. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to go back to to your point and your point, sister. So, Heber, you mentioned like we don't want to become um, – how do we keep it alive? How do we not make mm-hmm. it just this rote thing that loses its life? And then you talked about the sin of Asadia, and that seems to be kind of along the same pattern, is it not? a kind of sense of drudgery of the good things. Right. Yes. So, I mean, with acedia in itself, um, one of the, one of the points that, um, a particular, um, author that I was reading, um, makes the point that when we start something, we can have a lot of energy that goes into it, but after a lot of practice and kind of redundancy, we can start losing, the joy that it once was to us and lose the sense of purpose that it has to it. Um, the Lord even revealed to St. Faustina, and this is where I, I, this is the example that I think of oftentimes with the sin of Asidia, is that one of the things that displeases him the most is when people receive him out of habit. So sometimes if people go to Mass with this, this, uh, mindset of I go to mass because that's what I do every day. Go to mass at whatever time it is, whether it's seven a.m., you know, six six p.m. This is just what I do. Well, I think the Lord warns Saint Faustina that when we have the kind of particular mindset that says this is just what I do, but there's not a I'm going to mass because I desire to be in union with the Lord. With a seat with a sedia, it takes that purpose out of the picture and just puts in this is just what I do, and it loses, and in a sense we become closed off to this grace that the Lord would want to pour into us, and He even the Lord even goes so far to say that it would be better for a soul in this state to not receive me at all if they are only receiving me out of habit. And so, in a sense, I think this is where we have to guard against. Um, we have to almost like look at, I mean, so in this in this particular area, um, how do I receive Holy Communion? Is, just, is it just something that I do from day to day because that's just part of my routine, part of my schedule? Um, how do I go to work every day? Is it just part of my routine and part of my schedule? This is what I just have to do. Um, or is it something that the Lord has called me and he's inviting me to it? So I think that's where we have to we have to ask and even examine our consciences to see if if I am falling into this pattern of habit, um, then I need to ask the Lord's grace and maybe go to confession and ask for the grace because you know if it's particularly a sacramental or a sacramental grace that we're missing out on, um, then that's something that we have to reexamine as Catholics um, because otherwise receiving Holy Communion will not make any difference um, to someone who 
does receive Holy Communion out of habit. Mm. I can see that being um, a sin that one could fall into during the season of Lent, mm. um, where you know you're called to to do a penance every day, um, and you are you doing it out of just a duty because you have to do penance, or are you doing it? Uh, with love in your heart for the Lord, um, are you doing it joyfully, like so to speak? You know, sure. Um, so I can see it. I can see that happening in a season like that. Um, something else I was thinking of, Ken, is uh, you guys were talking before. Um, how do, how do our how does our, how does our daily routine affect uh, the people around us? You know, like I mean, I, I could see how trying to carve out time for ourselves, like are we thinking about the people around us mm-hmm. when we're carving out that time to, 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 to do that resolution, like to, you know, to exercise, to, to read more books. Um, are we being respectful of, uh, the time of, of our family members or the people with, in, with whom we live in community? Um, so I, I think that's part of it too. Is like, are we, are, is it, is a resolution becoming about ourselves or mm-hmm. is it, is it benefiting us and the people around us? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's a big question. And and both of these uh, points that you're making, I think, have to do with like a switch in mindset, right? Um, because we wouldn't necessarily want to stop our Lenten habit just because we're doing it out of duty. Mm-hmm. We would want to revisit and examine and understand that we want to do it for the love of God and for relationship with him. And I would think same thing with the Eucharist, that, um, that we would – we would want to take those words that Jesus gave to St. Faustina and let that be a wake-up call, not to not go to church and receive the Eucharist, but to re-examine and re-engage in Mm -hmm. the meaning of that sacrament, of that gift Mm -hmm. of, um, and then, and then so too the change in mindset of is, am I, uh, am I making this resolution for me or am I making this for other – does this benefit other people? Um, or does – by making it for me hinder other people, right? Because right? mm-hmm. it, there's nothing wrong with making a resolution that helps you. Yeah, it was more does it hinder. Yeah, but is it hurting other people? And so I was reading today actually that one of the things to help against asadia is um, – well, this this one writer was saying three things in particular. One was asceticism. So giving something up, right? Fasting <laughs> from something. And maybe for the Eucharist, maybe that's part of the problem that we're going and we're just, uh, you know, it becomes habit. We go every Sunday, we receive the Eucharist, yada, yada. And maybe we need like a wake-up call in our in our um, way of fasting. Well, I think that was actually one of the graces of COVID was that people couldn't receive the Eucharist for months and and still people are in that in that situation of yeah. still not being able to receive the Eucharist because they're homebound, they can't leave their homes. And so, and I and actually knew a fa- several people, including some of my own family members who were hungry for the Eucharist. And I think one of the graces that was so um, vivid was the fact that, oh, I've taken this for granted and I have received this out of habit. Um, I need to get out of this, this, um, understanding that the Eucharist is not something to take for granted. Um, and I think also Heber, what you're, what you're saying also rings true is that, um, it also, I think one of the graces of COVID was the fact that I took people for granted, the people Mm -hmm. who I saw from day to day, um, and now who I don't see Mm -hmm. as much anymore. And so, I mean, happened at the school, we had students who were saying, who uh, said, 
you know, I never had imagined saying that I wanted to go back to school. Like once COVID, like they suddenly realized that I took my uh, friends for granted. I took my teachers for granted. I took my education in person for granted. And so mm-hmm. in a sense, there was that grace. And I think in, in a sense, like we're still in, I mean, we're still in COVID. It's still happening. We're still in the midst of it and things are still as, as questionable as ever. Um, but I think if we start going back to our day-to-day routine, the, the warning that we have with that is, okay, then it's going to become this whole, it has, has to be a lesson learned again. Yep. You know, if, if this pandemic hasn't taught us a lesson like this already, um, so I don't know what will. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I think that's, you know, I always encourage people, um, you know, that, obviously considering their health and their um, their comfort level, et cetera. But I really encourage people that I meet who haven't been to back to church yet to come back, to come and uh, receive the Eucharist again. Because sometimes I think being away, we forget – we also tend to forget how important it really is. Like for, for hopefully that's it, that it's a wake-up call, that people realize they hunger for it. Mm-hmm. But also sometimes we can get into the bad habit of never returning – and then, and then we forget how good it is. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I find that like with exercise, I keep coming back to that. But when I'm in the mode and I'm exercising every day, like why don't I have always do this, right? Mm-hmm. And then when I get out of the habit <laughs> and I'm more in the habit of not exercising, then I forget like how great it was. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, think, I think that's also why the church gives us, right, the season of Lent, that we right. give something up, not ne- necessarily forever if it's something that's not sinful, right? So if it's... Uh, sweets. Um, donuts. Donuts, exactly. <laughs> that It doesn't mean never have a donut again. It just means for a time, give it up so that when I return, I recognize the gift that is a donut, but also the greater gift that is Christ, right? That I don't have to have this in order to be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just think there's um, there's something about giving something up for a time Um in order to better reflect and better engage with giving up something or just, or doing a certain practice Mm -hmm. to help renew something, um, exercise, eating or not eating donuts. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So maybe, maybe to anyone who's, you know, trying to figure out how to get out of the, the slump of, uh, maybe something becoming dry, um, whether it be, the way they engage their faith every day, maybe their prayer life is is getting kind of dry with that sin of asadia or maybe um, a resolution that they set out to make that was working great but now has become the normal thing. Mm. Um, what do you all recommend as far as to, to kind of re-engage and see the joy and fruit of it again? I think what comes to mind is, um, I've said this a lot to families and our family did it, is... Um, even if you have several kids or no kids in the home, um, making perhaps a point in the evening time, maybe it's at dinner, to have to have a family prayer time together. We all come together, and um, there, there was a family in particular that um, did, had a practice, and they called it the the rose the th- and the thorn. They would share a good moment of the day and a hard moment of the day. And they would all then, and everyone would go around and share their their good and, the, and their hard. Um, but then after each of those, they would pray for each other. They would pray for each other. 
and upon each other. And this is a beautiful practice that they found strengthened the bonds of their family to the point where at first it was a very difficult practice for this family because they hadn't done this before. And the kids, their three kids were all new to this practice. And it kind of interrupted, at least everyone at first viewed this practice as an interruption of like what they had been doing prior to that. Um, because everyone would kind of scatter after after dinner time and just kind of do their own thing. But the parents both together had to, in a sense, form this team and say, no, we want to pray together as a family. And they kind of set these parameters. And so eventually, after after about three or four weeks, the kids started looking forward to this. Mm. They would come home and they said, oh, I got my... I got my rose uh, rose today for it to share, and then um, I have my thorn. But then the, what was beautiful about the practice then is that everyone started becoming aware of the suffering that was happening in the other person's life, mm-hmm. um, and they would start asking about it more. Like there, there was a greater sense of communication between these family members, and it strengthened their, the bonds of this family incredibly. Um, and this family has been doing this practice now for years, um, since they started from when they started it to even, um, even now. Um, and so I would say as a, as a family to pray together, it gives a long answer, but I think it's worth to just be able to describe what that practice was to show like how it was done. So if that were a practice to be used, that's one particular way that comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're talking about how you prevent it from getting, um, mundane um, how do you, how do you, I think I think one of the best ways is is just change it up a little bit don't stop doing it but do it maybe slightly differently so mm-hmm. it's um like with running like if you're if you're running four miles every day or every every few days and you're running the same path and now you're kind of you're not enjoying anymore maybe change the path you're running on um, you're still running but you may, now you're seeing new things um, and I think we can do that in our prayer life too maybe 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 a certain devotion isn't working for you anymore. You know, maybe, maybe try it in a different, maybe try a new devotion or try that old devotion at a different time, maybe, maybe in a different place. Um, so that something's different and, and maybe while you're doing it, you're seeing, uh, different things. Maybe God speaks to you, uh, that way in, in, in a different way. And it's, it's, it becomes new and exciting and, uh, and yeah, you, and you're reinvigorated. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think even going back to your point about, you know, if we if we take the Eucharist for granted, like there are ways either reading about the Eucharistic miracles, like to kind of, you know, reflect a little bit more on on the fact that God is giving us his body, blood, soul, and divinity, or um maybe showing up a few minutes before Mass and taking time for prayer or staying after receiving, mm-hmm. right? Little ways that we can kind of um like you're saying, Heber, just mix it up a little. Yeah, I think um, one of the best ways to grow an appreciation and and l- look at the Eucharist in a new way is is not just to receive our Lord, but to spend time in, at adoration um, with Him. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's like it's like having a spouse. You can mm-hmm. you can um, you can be with your spouse. You can you can live with your spouse, um, but unless you actually spend time with your spouse, you you stop appreciating him or her um, in, in the way you should be. Um, but if you spent just spend time in, in that person's presence. Um, and talk to them, and and you get to know and learn new things about them. You know, your 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 relationship stops being this 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 habit, this mundane thing that it's become, and you 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 like it's almost like what you were saying, sister, with the the family prayer time. You're uh, you start to learn new things about each other. Um, What's well, the same thing with our Lord? You know, you spend time in adoration. Um, mm-hmm. 
you start to hunger for him in, in, in different ways. Um, you realize just all the good he's doing uh, in your life and, and you want more of him. Um, and then you, you truly really appreciate being able to receive him body, blood, soul, and divinity at the, at the Holy Mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even if, even if you're not able to make adoration, I think one thing that I really appreciate about what Mount Carmel has done um, beautifully is the time of adoration that happens after the reception of the Eucharist. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that there's yeah, been this, this, this beautiful time of prayer and reflection from the time after someone receives mm-hmm. the Eucharist to the time that Jesus is reposed back in the Blessed Sacrament. Um, and it's beautiful. It's powerful. There's yeah. The music ministry um, does a beautiful job of uh, making that a prayerful time. But I think even also our Father Dan um, spends that time also in prayer as an, as, and serves as an example for us. Um, but I think, too, it's, it's, it's developing also or it's providing this opportunity to come to the Lord who's united with us and say, and to spend time with him, as you're saying, Heber. Yeah, it's not just consuming him, not just eating him. It's like you're thinking about what you, who, who you just consumed, you know, what you just did and, and, and why and, and his great gift in that uh, to us. And, yeah, it's it's... It's, I think it's so important um, to, to find that moment. And I'm, I'm actually very thankful, too, that we have it uh, after every Mass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then we have it on Wednesdays, typically, right? On uh, five, we have adoration starting at Yeah, we have six, adoration every Wednesday from, no, from 5 to 6.30. From 5 to 6.30, yeah. adoration and confession, and then uh, Mass at 6.30, which I think is really awesome, too, that we do that, that we kind of lead into the Mass with um, an opportunity to confess and to adore so, yeah, I just want to encourage you all as you, as we enter into the new year, um, maybe maybe look at it a little bit more like seasons, not as as a whole year thing. Maybe um, you know reengage in if you haven't been to mass in a while, come back. We want mm-hmm. you back. Um, and if you are going, like maybe find a way in which you can enliven that for you if it's become ordinary, right? Um, and, and that goes for any prayer or um, human uh, formation you're trying to do for yourself in the new year and, uh, and invite God into that conversations. So we will be praying for you and you please pray for us as we move into 2021. And until uh, next time, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray for us. Thanks again for tuning in. We would love for you to join the conversation that we started by sending us an email at vichimundum1633 at gmail.com or by connecting with us on Facebook and or Instagram. And while we love doing these podcasts, we really love hearing from and starting relationships with you even more. I also want to extend an invitation to you that if you like these shows and would like to see more produced by our parish, please feel free to support what we're doing. You can go to Our Lady Mount Carmel's website and give online by designating your donation to Beachy Window. Monthly gifts are especially helpful. Finally, as a reminder, the views and opinions expressed on this show are those of the presenters alone. They do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Church or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. God bless you. We look forward to talking with you soon.